acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome into the second hour of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show, everybody. 800-282-2882 on those phone lines. NYC, my hometown. A lot of people listening on 710-WORNYC right now. And you are very much affected by, in the day-to-day, exactly what we're about to talk about here. But across the country, let me just give you this quick pitch. This is Los Angeles, New York. You see what happens in these places, and it's what the Democrats want to do to the whole country if they can, if they could. And it gives you a sense of their mindset going forward into this midterm election year, because we had been thinking for a while, I think, on the right. Oh, my gosh, Biden is such a joke. These policies that are being implemented are so bad that the Democrats are going to have to do what they usually do in election year, which is pretend to be something other than that, which they are. Do a little head fake toward the center. Oh, yeah, we're not that. We're not a bunch of quasi Marxists running around who want to undermine the very foundations of American society. No, no, no. Of course not. Right. We're not we're not teaching critical race theory to your kids in school. No, we don't do that. And if anyone was doing it, we'll put a stop to it. You would think they might do that, but that's not necessarily what's actually happening. And New York City is an example, I think, of, oh, wow, they might just be so ideologically committed that they're going to keep on ruining this place they're going to keep doing what they've done in san francisco in new york in los angeles and destroy the largest cities in america make them unlivable hellholes eric adams was the great hope to end this and i can tell you that so far it looks like he may just be a continuation in many ways of the de blasio decline he might be a little bit better on police but let me start with this he has backed uh, allowing 800,000 non-citizens, and I just want to say this, non-citizens is not a term we should use. We should use the actual federal legal code term, which is legal alien, or if you want to, illegal immigrant, but it is a violation of U.S. law for people not in this country legally to be here. That has not changed. That is still in the books. If the Democrats don't think that's fair, they should be advocating for the elimination of illegal status, which we know they will do, But it's just a question of when they have the votes and the power to try to get it through. 
But in the meantime, Clay, 800,000 illegal aliens in New York City are now, because Eric Adams has allowed the legislation to automatically become law on Sunday, he did not veto it, 800,000 illegals are now voting for city council, for the mayor. What does this say to people who, first of all, live here, second of all, have to pay the outrageous taxes to live here, and the people that came through the system legally? Looks like Democrats don't care, like they make a mockery of all of it. No one saw this news who is a American citizen and thought, this solidifies my decision to live in New York. That's my number one takeaway. And this is significant because Eric Adams has talked about publicly, I think he said a lot of the right things, which is one of the first things he's going to do is get on a plane and go down to Florida, he said, and try to persuade people who had left New York to move to Florida, had taken their tax dollars from New York to Florida, and was going to try to persuade him to come back. This is the exact opposite of that. My second thought is, there's no way this is constitutional. So uh, the idea, and again, I understand people out there, some are going to say, well, this is just a local election. This is not a state or federal election. But to me, the idea that you can allow, first of all, how are you going to distinguish, right? So we already know that New York City's elections are a total mess. They've acknowledged it. The mayor race itself was a mess. They put out wrong numbers. They had to correct them. How are you going to easily create a system where you are going to allow people to vote in local elections, but then not allow them to vote in state or federal elections? It seems to me that this would be rampant fraud opportunities because you're going to have, what, two different registers of who exactly is legal to vote and who's not and what are the rules and ramifications here. I just I find it hard to believe that this is going to be upheld constitutionally. But it shows you the mentality here, folks. Certainly. I mean, this is a new a new era for New York. They've already done something like this in San Francisco. They they are making moves to do things like this in Los Angeles and other places. Um, but here is Eric Adams when he when this was being talked about. Here's how he responded. Doesn't the bill just make a mockery of the idea of American citizenship, though? I mean, this is just for local elections, but. Does that mean like next uh, New York City is going to want non-citizens to vote in federal elections? I mean, and what do you say to all the people who went through the process, the difficult process of becoming an American citizen, studying for the test, swearing an oath of allegiance to the United States of America, who, who now see this legislation just saying, well, anyone who's here, go ahead and vote. Well, I say to them, keep doing it. Uh, you know, membership has its privileges. Being a member of what we call United States of America is a great privilege. And I, I would tell them, keep doing it. Don't let anything daunt you or take you away from that mission. This legislation is not going to do that. This is that that's a laughable non-answer, by the way, to some to some actual questions being asked in fairness on CNN. Yes, there. a laughable non-answer. So what 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 is it? What are people to make of this? We haven't even talked about the fact that this mayor's now going to have to be working in a world where the district attorney Bragg is is apparently saying, "What do you mean you guys are are going to be upset at me because I'm not going to put armed robbers in prison at all?" I mean, there's a lot of indicators here that Adams is is not going to be the savior of New York City, and I and I think increasingly. To be a Democrat today in good standing, Clay, you have to embrace a level of of a of derangement. I mean, you have to actually think that it's not that the policies are failing. It's that we haven't done them enough, whether it's covid criminal reform, illegal immigration. If we just get more of the thing that's working out really poorly for America, eventually it'll be a good thing. 
And here is what I think is going to be one of the lasting impacts of COVID, right? Eventually, COVID is going to go away. COVID politics are going to go away. It may take two or three years, may take longer than that before the entire cycle of the COVID political arena is exhausted. But what is not going to go away, Buck, and I'm curious how much you think this plays in, big cities like New York have relied upon the network effect to, even if they make poor decisions, people have said, oh, well, I have to be in New York because I've got to do this job or that job. I've got a Wall Street job, and I've got to be in New York. I've got a media job, and I've got to be in New York. I think what has happened with COVID is many people have realized that the technology exists for them to do their jobs anywhere, certainly in the country, and in many cases, all over the world. And so you are creating new dynamic levels of competition that the big cities, I'm not sure, have recognized enough. And I'll use you as an example, Buck. When you and I started doing radio, let's say it's you know 20 years ago, uh, you're doing radio. Being in a studio was a requirement. You, In order to have the right technology, in order to have the right sound, you went into a physical studio and you had to be present in a particular location. You and I have got the biggest radio show in the country, thanks to taking over for Rush, who had built the biggest radio show in the country. And much like Rush, even back then, he could travel around. But COVID has allowed radio, in a way that never would have existed before, to be taking place anywhere in the world. And you can do this show from anywhere. I don't know, and and I think that translates not just for our job, but for many jobs out there. And I'm not sure politicians are aware of how much competition exists now for the New York cities of the world. And it used to be for a lot of jobs, presence was required. You had to actually be there to be, you know, if you were going to work, investment banking was the big thing in New York City in the 90s. And then the 2000s, it became being a hedge fund guy. And yeah, some of that could be done remote. But generally, you you had to be there in the meeting, in the room with people. And now in the digital era, that's certainly changing. I also, though, just want to note, Clay, back to the the Eric Adams as savior or not of New York City. By the way, I just want to I want to tell everybody I'm I'm putting if you're asking me to place a bet, I think that he's going to be if de Blasio was an F, I think Eric Adams is going to be like a C minus is my so not good, but a little better than he's get degrees, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's not it's not great. I mean, here he is when he's made his brother. The uh, I think it's a deputy commissioner level, a senior role in the NYPD gets hired. Listen to how Eric Adams explains this. Let me be clear on this. My brother is qualified for the position. Uh, number one, he will be in charge of my security, uh, which is extremely important to me in a time when we see an increase in white supremacy and hate crimes. I have to take my security in a very serious way. And I need someone that I trust around me um, during these times for my security. And I trust my brother deeply. I mean, come on. Give me a break. All right. The rise in white supremacy. I live in New York City. There's no rise in white supremacy here. There's no rise in hate crimes here. Whenever like HuffPo or one of those crap left wing sites does some hate crimes are rising. It's always about how it's a Republican's fault. A. And then B, when you look at the data, it's because they start including, you know, a, a comment made somewhere by someone that was never verified in the data on hate crimes. But I mean, this is just it feels like he's playing the left wing politics game here. To excuse nepotism, which I got to say, some people on the right, you know, the nepotism thing, we we let it slide a little bit. We shouldn't. But that nepotism is an issue. Well, remember when the stop Asian hate uh, crime uh, went viral 
and everybody was suddenly like, man, Asian people are really victims of hate crimes a lot. We've got to stop this. When they thought they could blame it and connect it to white supremacy, that was the narrative. And then they started looking at all the hate crimes that were going we on. We all against started Asian looking people. at the videos. Yeah. yeah. And it was all primarily uh, Asian people were victims of hate crimes being perpetrated, if you want to call them hate crimes, by black people. And then the Democrats were like, oh, well, maybe this Asian hate crime thing is not such a big deal. And Buck, it totally disappeared. There was like a month where people were like, hey, man, we really got to stop this Asian hate. Uh, and then some of the videos started going viral and you saw who the suspects in the Asian hate attacks were. And it turned out they were black and they couldn't tie it to white supremacy. And all of a sudden, the media didn't care about Asian hate anymore. There was an amazing moment in all of this when I don't know if you remember this. Clay. This was years, years and years ago, maybe five or six years ago. I'm just guessing. I can't even remember. It's been so far back now. You know, we get to my age, you start to forget. Things. <laughs> and and uh, there was a woman, a, you know, a, a visually appealing lady who had a camera guy follow her all over New York City. And the idea was this is the amount of, of you know, uh, catcalling cat and harassment yeah. and everything that you would suffer from if you were a, again, vis- visually appealing, good on camera, as they would say in the business, lady walking around New York City. And initially it was, oh, my gosh, the patriarchy, the misogyny. And then the left had a freak out because... Basically, every single male who said something in this video in New York City was a a male from a community of color. And so then it became this was so they were trying to take down the patriarchy, but they actually started advancing, you know, stereotypes or whatever. You know, they started to have these uh, these problems. And so when identity politics collides. Right. I mean, again, I, I think the Asian one is so fascinating because the idea was. A white supremacy is so all-encompassing that even Asian people aren't safe in this country. And they did that based on the shooting that took place in Georgia, and they were trying to tie it all together into white supremacy. And then all of the viral Asian attacks ended up having black perpetrators, and the story just disappeared. I mean, it literally, when's the last time you saw a story about Asian hate? And just, yeah, I mean, it's been, I don't know, many, many, many months. Many months indeed. Just vanished. So I, I think New York folks... It's in trouble and it's it's showing you that even a place that is suffering because of bad Democrat ideas, it's very hard to get them to turn around the Marxist ship. It's very hard to get them to uh, shift gears when it comes to protecting the value of your savings account. Few strategies are more successful than investing a portion of that savings account in real gold. That's been proven over the course of time, particularly in times when inflation is impacting us in so many ways as it is these days. Buying real gold and taking possession of it has been made easy with the help of our friends at the Oxford Gold Group. Owning and holding real gold that you can securely store away is a practical reality. There's nothing like real gold delivered to your home. Buying real gold is smart, calculated, and a proactive thing to do. My friends at the Oxford Gold Group are who you need to call to get started. They'll explain everything to you. Having real gold delivered to your home or having real gold as part of your IRA, it is just a phone call away with Oxford Gold. Call them at 833-404-GOLD. And learn how you can have real gold in your IRA and delivered to your door. That's the Oxford Gold Group, 833-404-GOLD, 833-404-G-O-L-D. Hello, 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I hope all of you are having fantastic Mondays. Encourage you to go subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you don't miss a moment. You can search out my name, Clay Travis. You can search out Buck Sexton. You can also find us for the moment, still on social media across every platform, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Getter, uh, where we both are now located as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, for the moment, I should say, on all these. Buck, um, just got a text. I was texting with Shannon Bream, who is our uh, Fox News' Supreme Court uh, legal analyst and also was on with us Friday discussing the oral arguments that took place. And uh, she was flagging for me something that could be pretty significant and it is that the uh, Supreme Court has added a day to release opinions on Thursday of this week. Uh, and she just said that's interesting because it could be that they're going to rule on that uh, Biden vaccine mandate and the stay in particular as soon as Thursday that she thought it was interesting that they have added a day to release opinions that would otherwise not necessarily have been anticipated or a part of the regular schedule. And that's why, you know, based on her uh, texting about that, I also think that could be uh, somewhat significant in terms of the overall uh, 
the overall decision that they're going to uh, to render, which I think is going to be able to, to, to say that the Biden uh, vaccine mandate's unconstitutional. You think they're going to put a stay in yes, place at this point? I do. Right. But you don't think they're going to... Okay, so there will be a stay. I think... That's my, that's my... If I were betting, if I had to put money on the line right now based on having listened to the oral arguments, um, they may allow the uh, the Biden mandate for healthcare workers although I, I think that's a little bit of a harder call and right now it, it feels like the healthcare companies are basically just saying we don't have mandates anymore anyway because they're letting right. covid Th- positive nurses back in hospitals think about that everybody i mean that, that's not an insignificant i talked about it last week clay just brought it up a few moments ago here that in rhode island i think is one of the places where they have officially said you can bring in covid positive nurses to work as long as they're masked up as if that's and let me ask you would you rather if you were a person at high risk you're 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 85 years old and have you know a a history of upper respiratory issues you know maybe of emphysema something like that would you rather just take your chance with someone who's an unvaccinated nurse or someone who is oh i've got pretty bad covid but don't worry i'm wearing a mask for the most part i think i think we all yeah, it's it's a fascinating question. I think some of these places are actually bringing back COVID positive nurses to wait on COVID positive patients, right? Isn't that one of the ways that they're now? How do you restrict their ability to interact with other patients? I understand is a challenge, right, the, but I think they're so desperate because so many nurses are out with COVID issues that they're that they're doing whatever they can I, to get get nurses back. I gotta track this one down. I saw this over the weekend. I'm pretty sure it's true. It looks like nursing homes in Connecticut may be taking people who are COVID positive back now. So you have COVID, you're going back into the nursing home. So, you know, we, we are in this cycle, folks. And really, ultimately, what you realize is the notion that we were going to stop the spread if we listen or stop the virus. If we listen to Fauci, it was a fantasy and a very just a very destructive one. And. It's all crumbling right now, and Joe Biden is having to handle that as it crumbles around him. Hard work, physically demanding hard work, can leave you feeling stiff and in pain every single day. If you wake up with pain every morning, that's no way to take on the day. There's a solution, largely because we're hearing from so many of you finding Relief Factor to be the solution. Created by doctors perfected over 15 years of scientific research, Relief Factor is a 100% drug-free product. Our friends at Relief Factor developed a three-week quick start pack. You take Relief Factor three times a day at breakfast, lunch, and dinner for three weeks, and you'll know if it works for you. Hundreds of thousands of people have tried. 70% of them have gone on to order more. That is an incredible success rate. And you can join the more than half a million people and order the three-week quick start now for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com. Call 800 for relief to get the 1995 three week quick start developed for you. Relieffactor.com. 800, the number four. Relief, relief factor. Feel the difference. So, first of all, remote learning has been a disaster for America's kids, and I think we have to acknowledge that, and we have to do everything we can to minimize any further remote learning. Look, I understand teachers' frustrations. A lot of school districts did not put in, uh, did not use the billions of dollars that they had gotten to put in improvements in ventilation and, and other upgrades. So the question is, can you still have school in the middle of a surge? And the answer is you can. Because if people are vaccinated, teachers should be all vaccinated and boosted. Uh, if people wear high-quality masks, even without those other upgrades, which I would like to see, it still is safe to, uh, for kids and teachers to be back in school. So I think at this point, there's really no good explanation for having remote schools. 
explanation. That was Dr. Ashish Jha there. He's one of these uh, guys who goes on a lot of the cable news. He's an MSNBC CNN one, though, not not somebody that you would think necessarily uh, is going to ever call out the Fauciite nonsense. But right now we're, we're talking about this, the issue of schools, because the city of Chicago has uh, 350,000 children who are for the fourth day out of school. And you would say, wait, hold on a second. Why is that going on? Well, we all know why, right? The teachers unions have a lot of power and they know that they get paid. You know, you run a small business or you're an employee of a company that has bills to pay. And you say, yeah, I know that it's fine. And a lot of other people and yada, yada. And I'm vaccinated and boosted, but I'm just not going to work. That's a problem. That's not going to work out so well. But if you're getting paid by the taxpayer and you have Democrat politicians in your pocket because you're the teachers union and you raise money for them and you're essentially a Marxist public sector union, uh, you can get away with this kind of stuff. And this is so interesting. Here was actually the head of the Chicago teachers union speaking out on this is just just listen to him here this is what he says hey everyone's making a hard choice it's the con right the context of, of this hey people are making a hard choice about whether to go to the grocery store or not N- no actually not not true this is not a hard choice the rest of the country not only has schools open clay but there have been schools that were open that did fine Before there was even a vaccine, private and parochial schools across the country, even here in New York City, stayed open pre-vaccination, have been open the whole time there's a vaccine, obviously not in the summertime. But there's no there is no good faith argument for this. And the fact that Biden won't just come out and say this is nonsense, knock it off, just goes to show you these libs don't care about kids. It to me, this is the biggest failure of all the COVID failures, because you are talking about the city of Chicago where every bar is open, where every sports arena is open. You can go sit 20,000 people can and watch the Chicago bulls play a basketball game or watch the Chicago Blackhawks play a hockey game. And yet your kids aren't allowed to be in public school. It's, an unmitigated disaster that we could be here. And it is a fundamental failure of Joe Biden's leadership that he doesn't just come out and say every kid in every school has to be back. And I don't know how this situation resolves itself, Buck, because we're talking about four days now where the teachers unions are refusing to go back and where Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot is actually trying to hold them accountable but doesn't have any real ability to do so, how does this situation resolve itself? I I don't even really know the answer. This is a monstrous number of people, and this is why I said, and, and I'll continue to say it, January 6th was a disaster the way that Democrats tried to honor it with the singing of a song from Hamilton and the candlelit vigil on the steps and Dick Cheney is suddenly a hero of the uh, of the left wing of this country everybody's trying to get their picture taken with him after they wanted him charged with war crimes during uh, the, the the Iraq war fallout all of that took place and yet no one is really speaking out about Chicago in the Democratic Party at all you got a Democratic governor you got all Democrats who are running the city of Chicago. You've certainly got 
in the uh, in the nation, an apparatus that is very pro teachers union. And right now they are effectively kicking Joe Biden in the teeth and saying, we're not going to open. And by the way, this is important because it's also spread. My understanding is Atlanta area kids are not in school. Some of them are remote Milwaukee area kids. A lot of kids, my kids went back. We had some snow days and went back to public school today for a return to normal class. But there are a lot of schools that are coming back either this week or uh, next weekend, MLK Day. Some start the day after. This is a big mess, and there are many urban school districts, in particular all over this country, blue city and often blue state locations, where kids, two years after 15 days to slow the spread, are still not going to be back in in person school. When you listen to the arguments of the Chicago Teachers Union, and to be fair, and we do that here, we are fair, we make the real arguments, or rather we present you with the real arguments from the other side, and we call out good behavior and good comments no matter who it comes from. You know, we we give high fives where deserved. Even Lori Lightfoot is like, what the heck are you guys doing to the teachers' union? The mayor, the very left-wing and not very competent mayor of Chicago, is saying, you guys got to get your butts back in the classroom. This is crazy. Because if you take them at their word that this is really just about fear of the virus at this point, think about what that means. They're talking about adults who are all vaccinated and boosted who are going to be exposed to children who have never been at high risk nor at nor a likely source of spread to adults. And they've never even really understood why that is. The theory is that young immune systems may clear it so quickly and have such a small viral load. Uh, Maybe they also, you know, have less droplets in the air when they breathe. Whatever the point is, kids don't spread it to adults very readily. If they're not willing to go into at a time, Clay, when grocery store workers and postal workers and carpenters and contractors and, you know, name somebody, right? Bar owners. If they're not willing to go to work when everybody else is, when are they willing to go to work? I mean, I think there's some part of them that they maintain this fantasy of they at least want to have the option for, quote, remote learning, which means really no learning whenever they want for as long as they want. Because otherwise, what's the end of this when everybody has high High-speed filters installed in every public school in Chicago? Give me a break. Good luck with that. And we also have to remember, and again, I want to reiterate, we know we have tons of listeners of this show, teachers, members of uh, the principal, vice principals, like administrators, that are also agreeing with us. So I don't want to paint with a broad brush with the idea, because many teachers out there, for instance, my public school kids' teachers, They've been back in school for forever now. But the precedent that we set, Buck, was in March of 2020, we basically let teachers just walk off and we paid their full salaries and they effectively got months of vacation with no responsibility, really, to speak of. I'm talking about March until the end of the school year. There was almost no remote learning that went on March, April, May, June of 2020. And then the remote learning started because we were in the middle of a presidential cycle and because we failed as a country for many people in August and September. But we set the precedent, unfortunately, with the teachers that it's unsafe for you to go back in the classrooms and we will pay you your full salary if you don't do it. I've said from the get-go, we should look at the percentage of efficacy when it comes to remote learning, and it is massively lower And we should undercut every teacher's salary by, let's say, 40% and say, hey, if you want to teach remotely, we'll give you 60% of your salary, but the other 40% goes back to the taxpayer. I bet almost every teacher, if you said that, 
would say, oh, no, no, I want to go back to the classroom. What, what, right? what do you think about my my hidden camera theory that of all these? And by the way, this is the Chicago Teachers Unions we're talking about. To Clay's point, I know there have been, you know, my my Jesuit high school here in New York City, they've been they've been open for, you know, they were open in the fall of 2020. I mean, they've yep. been open. They've been open for a long time. Um, the you know, plenty of schools, thousands and thousands of them across the country. And the teachers have been showing up and a lot of them have gotten covid. They're fine. And anyway, I think if you followed around the teachers union president with a hidden camera, what you'd find is that he's oh, really scared it. of covid from kids in the classroom or maybe he doesn't even teach. Right. But, you know, uh, his, some of his members and they're at like packed bars Oh, in downtown Chicago, watching the a, the football games, Mr. Travis, you know, enjoying it themselves. Is, it, is a, it is a great point. It reminds me back in the day uh, when you would have somebody claim that they had a major injury for a traffic accident or whatever, and you would hire an insurance adjuster if you were a lawyer, and you would follow that person around and be like, well, you know, you were able to go to uh, to, the, to the gym. You yeah. know, I got pictures here of you All on the bench pain, press. But you on the water yeah. slide didn't seem to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, and and when you were out dancing at the at the at the bar and like everything else, I mean, I I love that idea. And you know what's happened is, do you remember? I think it was the Chicago area teachers union head, wasn't it, who got popped on her vacation to Puerto Rico? Yeah, I was I, it I Chicago. Remember this? I think that's right. I, we have it to was definitely a one. teachers union. We need to look up. I'll look up during the break. But one of them was at Puerto Rico. Like they weren't even smart enough. Not to post their uh, their vacations going out of country when they were supposedly I, too afraid to teach. I just want to know, did AOC, who has COVID now, folks, did she stop taking the virus seriously? Did she let her guard down too soon? Notice how it's always a moral failing of anyone the left doesn't like when they get COVID. Meanwhile, everyone, yes. I mean, I've, I've had COVID, you've had COVID, it's all over the place. So many people listening, probably about three quarters of the people listening to this have had COVID already. But notice she goes she goes down to Florida. I guess she's not so scared of Ron Death Santis's Florida after all, Clay. Oh, what a no, shock. No doubt, Buck. And by the way, the number of people that I'm hearing now who have COVID, whole families that aren't even in the data, right? Like everybody tests positive, but it's all home tests or whatever. So we're talking about a million official cases or whatever the heck it is. It might be two or three times that with people who know they have it that are staying at home. I mean, this is crazy. Mortgage rates are still near record lows, but experts are forecasting several increases in 2022. That's not an if, but rather a when and by how much. That makes now the time to get a free mortgage review from American Financing. It's a quick and easy way to see if you can save up to $1,000 a month without resetting your loan. It really is possible to pay less in interest and stay on track to be mortgage free. Because at American Financing, they can write any term 10 years and over. So you're not wasting your hard-earned money on years you don't need. You really do have an opportunity to save up to $12,000 a year. American Financing has helped thousands of people just like you for over 20 years. So you can trust that they're good at what they do, and that's saving people like you money. So why not learn more? You could skip, get this folks, you could skip two mortgage payments and close on a new quick loan too. And by the way, I use American Financing. I know how much money you can save as well because these guys at American Financing do incredible work. Here's how you do it. Get your phones in your hand. Call 800-777-8109. That's 800-777-8109. Or you can visit AmericanFinancing.net, NMLS 182334, NMLS Consumer 
comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Buck, some bad news for people, I would say, of our generation and even younger um, and certainly older as well. It used to be that we had all these great sitcoms. We were like kind of in the wheelhouse, Buck. You're a couple years younger than I am. But you could sit around and you could watch the family sitcom, right? And a big part of the family sitcom was the TGIF. Uh, thank God it's Friday. I loved uh, it. I watched oh. it religiously as a, as like a young, you know, like a 12, 13, 14-year-old. Loved yes. it. And you could watch these shows with your mom and dad, with your grandma and grandpa, your younger brothers and sisters. Everybody kind of sat around the television together, whether it was the Cosby show, whether it was family ties. And I, I, this is kind of like a gut punch. Bob Saget, who was one of the all-time great TV dads from Full House, and then they had come back because my kids loved... I believe it's on Netflix, Fuller House, yes, uh, which was like an updated version of Full House. And so Bob Saget, 65 years old, out of nowhere, just dropped dead. I mean, and, and there was no indication that he might be sick. He had done a comedy show the night before. 
And uh, and this was kind of a gut punch, kind of came out of nowhere. I remember that. So I think that was probably my favorite of the TGIF lineup. And for those yeah. who are roughly within 10 years of Clay's and, and my uh, ages, you know, what we're talking about. I did love Family Matters. I think Carl, Carl Winslow, Carl Winslow, one of the great TV dads as well. Yes. And that whole thing came together because of the copy played on Die Hard, a movie that That's we right. share uh, as, as one of the great loves of cinema. Um, but yeah, he was in full house. He was great. I had to get a bit older though, to learn that like not everyone gets to live in a $3 million townhouse in San Francisco <laughs> overlooking a park. You know, I was like, yeah, this is just like, like, you know, how Americans live, you know, as a little kid. Cause I'd never even been to San Francisco till I was an adult. And then I found out, Oh, Oh, that's like, they basically lived in a mansion, <laughs> which, well, which was San nice. Francisco wasn't as expensive. Those Victorian, like kind of gingerbread houses that they lived in. For those of you who remember that show, by the way, I jotted down a bunch of TV dads that I thought were pretty fantastic. Uh, I've got Bob around that same era. Bob Saget, Alan Thicke, the dad on Growing Pains, Jason Seaver, if I remember correctly, Uh, Bill Cosby. Before we knew the Bill Cosby off the... uh, I don't know. I think he's canceled, Clay. I don't know, but the show itself, the Cosby show, is still really, really good. He is a great TV dad. Played the role of a great TV dad. Carl Winslow yep, from Family phenomenal. Matters. Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Fantastic. Uh, yep. Another fantastic dad. Um, there used to be a lot of awesome dads back in the day. I don't even know. I guess Goldbergs. Did you ever watch that Goldberg show? No, I've never seen that. Never What's seen it called? Like it's, it's, it's the 1980s, 90s Goldberg-esque show. Um, it had the dad was, I think he just got fired for all sorts of issues. I, I would but, say Coach Eric Taylor of Friday Night Lights. Oh, that's a, a recent later. one. Phenomenal. Coach dad. Eric Taylor's fan. I, I want him to be, you know, the coach of my kids team. We gotta, we gotta bring him back. He's we, fantastic. we could use Coach Eric Taylor to give us pep talks during the course of the show. You Absolutely. know, like, I, oh my you gosh. Know, like I want to wear a, Dil- a- I want to wear a Dylan Panthers t-shirt or sweatshirt while I'm doing this. I'll even wear that. That silly hat with the khaki khaki shorts he'd wear all the time. And you the know whistle. what I did? They sold off all of the props from Friday Night Lights. Did you know about this? No. NBC did. I bought a Dylan uh, Panthers coaches polo. So I have in one of the ones that the coaches wore on the television show, I have in my closet we, now. We should, have, we should have had more of that show, I would say. I wish it had gone on longer. It got, it got hurt by the writer's strike at one point. But, Clay, also I have to, I have to give some props. You, you said that uh, Mrs. Travis liked Cobra Kai, and it kind of jogged my memory because I was like, wait a second. I mean, you know, I trust Mrs. Travis's opinion on this stuff. You, I don't know, Mr. I like Hamilton, but Mrs. Travis, I trust. (laughs) I I went back. Cobra Kai is amazing. It's like it's a very well-done show for what it is, and you can really have the whole family watch it pretty much. A little bit of cursing, but... Yeah, 100%. So my wife watches a lot of shows, and so I use her as the sounding board, and she said, if you like Karate Kid which I did, uh, you will love Cobra Kai. So uh, on Friday, I was like, you know what? It's a long week. I'm just going to kick back and watch a show. So I watched all of season one of Cobra Kai on Friday. You with hadn't my seen boys. it before? Oh, no. my gosh. I watched I season three. I binge watched uh, no. season three this week, and we didn't even coordinate this. No, I watched season one. I'm all in for seasons two, three, and four now. Uh, you know, when football season gets near the end, I have a little bit of free time for a change. You know, was was LaRusso the bad guy? It changes things it, up a little bit I, in your head, kinda, you know? I mean, your headspace changes a little bit. Johnny is an incredible actor in this show. It's really funny, well done. If you liked Karate Kid at all, good one to watch with your kids. I mean, I'm watching with yeah. my kids, like you said, some language, but in general, not too bad. Third hour next, we're hanging out with you.
You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.